All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Chris and Amy Show, sponsored by Summer at SLU. Find your kids' best summer yet at St. Louis University. Time to rewind. It's the Chris and Amy Rewind Recap. I got to tell you, every day we do a show is amazing. Today has been amazinger. Just slightly amazinger than normal, I would say. I, I agree. And I knew it would be amazing when we started off the show talking about rotisserie chicken. Uh-huh. Because... Right. It is the best food deal in the country. $5 for rotisserie chicken. Feed a family of four, a whole chicken, mm-hmm. and it's delicious and juicy. And you didn't understand the joke because you couldn't find the chickens. Why did the chicken cross the road? This yeah. was from You're welcome to text because the I show. Because I don't appreciate a joke about something that is upsetting. 314-436-7900 to text us. And uh, the joke earlier said, why did the chicken cross the road? So Amy couldn't find it. We also had another one, and you mm-hmm. can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Mm-hmm. We stream live visually while we are streaming on the Odyssey app. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I hope I perform this well. But the joke is, why did the chicken cross the road, Amy? Why? Because. Because? Yeah. Because? Did you like that one? That's a classic. I love that one. Okay. Why did the chicken cross the road? Because. Last night was a public safety hearing. Mm-hmm. It occurred on Kings Highway at the Urban League of St. Louis. And KMOX reporter Brad Choate was there. I think the main thing was that progress is being made on reducing some of the violent crimes and some of the issues surrounding what St. Louis has to dig itself out of. But I think they urge that it's going to take time and it's going to take cooperation, not only from uh, public officials, businesses and everything, but citizens themselves to, uh, you know, search within their neighborhoods and kind of uh, band together. And uh, Robert Tracy, the chief of police, said last night, his quote was, uh, it is progress. It is not a celebration. And I think Mm -hmm. that is exactly the correct way to look at it, that while the city might be moving slightly in the right direction, in terms of that crime, it's got a long way to go. Yeah. And also, again, like I said, context matters. So it's moving in the right direction. But it had fallen so much, meaning the homicide numbers had been so astronomically high in the past few years, specifically 2020 on, that we're hoping, you know, having the homicide numbers drop is just bringing us back to where we were a couple of years ago. Ten years ago. So that's what we want. Yeah. And and the number was, what, 2014? So that's well before the pandemic. Just progress is progress, and you can't get upset about that. Just it has to continue. And there has to be continued improvement there. We spent some time talking to Hall of Fame candidate and what we believe to be a surefire Hall of Famer, Tory Holt, formerly with the St. Louis Rams. Every emotion that you can possibly feel going through this process, I've dealt with it. But I tell you what, I've remained uh, steadfast on my faith. You know, my work is done. I had great teammates. Uh, we won Super Bowls. Had played for a great city in St. Louis. 
played against some incredible competition, held my own. You know, I was drafted sixth overall. So there's expectations that came with that, being drafted sixth overall. And I think I was able to exceed, far exceed those expectations. Um, and now here I am, a, a fifth-year finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We wouldn't have been able to do what we were able to do uh, in that dome and to win championships if it wasn't for the fans there in St. Louis. So, again, from the bottom of my heart, and, I, and I've said this and I will continue to say it, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate everyone there in St. Louis for pouring into us, pouring into our team, pouring into me, a young kid from Gibsonville, North Carolina, coming to St. Louis, the big city, uh, coming there as a young man and leaving there as a full-grown man. Um, and a lot of that had to do be, do with the way that the folks treated me and my family uh, there in St. Louis, but also how they cheered me on as a football player. Torrey Holt, um, again, this is his fifth year as a finalist. Ten years he has been eligible. We're going to find out uh, February 8th if he makes it this time. And highly recommend if you missed that interview to go back on the podcast, the Chris and Amy Show podcast, to listen to the whole thing. Really good. Uh, a, a lot of fun memories. Perhaps even sweeter because the Rams are no longer here. And when we talk about football, we talk about the Rams. It's usually in a negative light shadowed by Stan Kroenke. But when you go back to that moment of the greatest show on turf, as I said multiple times, you know, for me, we all have our own memories. For me, I was 16 years old and it not only is your favorite sport at, at that age, you know, it's it's your life. It's it's what you focus on in a way that you even can't as an adult when you have other things on your mind. It was so much fun. And I took it for granted. I didn't mean to. I just didn't know that this isn't how football is every year. I just thought this must be how football is. No, it's it was historically good. Yeah. And I know there was this uh, story about five years ago from, and and I do believe in advanced uh, analytics when it comes to sports and using them and and getting a a better, uh, bigger picture idea of how good your team is or what you need to do to build a team. But there was a story that was uh, something along the lines of that team offensively being overrated. And I thought, Mm -hmm. it's not. Because even today... You don't get offenses that looked like that offense did over 20 years ago. Yeah. With just the schemes and the speed and doing it without the offensive protections they have from officials now. Unless you're Justin Fields, then it's open season on him. But um, it, I love that. My, my favorite uh, line from Tory. we were talking about how he would play. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, "Oh, I'd be dominating," and he, his, I don't. There was a paraphrase, but then he did go on to say, "I would eat." Yeah, which I love. That's that. awesome. I well, love that so much. And, and just to, to say this too, not only was it the greatest show on turf, and we focused on the offense, but that team had a heck of a defense as well. And that's why whenever I get into this argument with the '99 Rams versus the '07 Patriots, I always put my money on the '99 Rams because while the numbers of the '07 Patriots were a bit louder at times. The defense of the 99 Rams is not to be overlooked. Obviously, we all know the Mike Jones tackle, the critical role the defense played. That team was extraordinary all the way around. Defensively wasn't quite as good a couple of years later when they ended up back in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady. Um, If it were... Maybe Tom Brady never becomes Tom Brady. What if, if if the Patriots don't win that first Super Bowl in New Orleans? Was the defense not as that. good, or was it compromised it by Spygate? Well, that was uh, wasn't that Spygate? No, that was uh, the Saints. 
Oh, 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 oh. No, Spy, Spygate oh, was us. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was. I'm, I'm not, thinking of what was the uh, the New Orleans. Gate. No, that was the Patriot. Oh. What was the New Orleans one? The the headhunting one. The um, There was a gate with the Saints <laughs> and Sean Payton. Saint Gate? No. Listen, buddy. All I'm saying remember. is you, if you say that the Rams defense wasn't quite as good against the Patriots, maybe it's because they had spies. Well, obviously. Although that might be more offense. At any rate. <laughs> That's, well, I think we, I, I think, think yeah. Obvious, yeah. Obviously. Uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, the, the Saints thing where there was the head, the bounty gate. Bounty gate. Bounty Thank gate. you so much. Where they were like, here, here's, if you uh, hurt this guy. I forgot about bounty gate. We're going to give you money. That's so there was spy gate, bounty gate, deflate, deflate gate. gate. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of gates. That's a lot of gates. I, mean, I don't have the key to any of them. Well, they're open. So, uh, what else do we have? Oh, um, healthcare and AI. A- oh, yes, healthcare, artificial <laughs> intelligence. We talked Pay to Eric Kelsey. Pay attention, Ron. You have one job. Oh, bro, you're right. When there's tools like AI tools where you can plug in and say, "Here's my income. Here's my here are my prescriptions. Here are my health needs. And here's the doctors that I want to make sure that I can see." And for it to be able to then pump out top three recommended plans based on that, that really helps simplify the process for those individuals. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of good I think that can come out of artificial intelligence, and I am curious to see where it goes to go along with the dangers. And we've discussed the dangers a, a lot on this show, um, but I do think the medical field is is like that one place that it could help in such a massive way. Mm-hmm. And you know, he talked about paralysis by analysis when it comes to trying to decide what healthcare plan you want to get. Man, when I am at the store and I'm looking for a cleaner or something, mm-hmm. I will sit there for like five or six minutes and look at all of them going, ah, oh, well, this one's max. Okay, that one is extra strength. Like, I don't know which one of these should I get. So imagine what it's like with healthcare. I have yeah. no idea. I feel like I'm I'm looking at an ocean of information and I don't know what the hell to do. You don't so, know how to swim. I don't. We also spoke about the Alaska Airline aircraft explosive decompression that saw part of the fuselage uh, blow out. Specifically, the plug door of the fuselage landed in the backyard of Bob the Teacher. A physics teacher in Oregon. Thankfully, no one was hurt. And Bob said that lives the door, next door to Joe the plumber. Probably. Bob said the door landing in his yard was the most exciting thing that has ever happened on his street. I am thrilled to death. And Bob looked exactly like Bob the teacher should look. Uh, I love that for Bob. Don't love the fact that there are other 797 Max nines. 737. Sorry, Boeing 737 Max nines, which have been grounded because. They're, they found some loose bolts on other planes. Uh, there were four bolts and 12 stoppers on this plug door. The four bolts somehow got loose or weren't there. They said they were looking for the bolts to see, and the 12 stoppers blew out. What I think is crazy is the amount of force, the explosive decompression that sucked the uh, headrests off the seats, some of them went out the door. A couple iPhones went out the door. We know a shirt was pulled off of a young child who was near the door. 26 rows up, the door to the cockpit was blown off, although we did learn later, even though the flight crew did not know this, but the door is designed to come off during a, an instantaneous decompression or pressurization issue. The pilot's hat 
headsets went flying off. Headsets came off. And this was at 16,000 feet, just six feet into the flight. If this had happened later, uh, experts have said it would have been catastrophic. That's terrifying. Well, speaking of that, uh, Lever News reported this, that about a month before that grounding of the flight and the the door flying off or the uh, the the uh, plug they call it flying off that documents were filed in federal court alleging former employees at a subcontractor of Boeing called Spirit Aero Systems mm-hmm. which make that door plug they manufacture that door plug and there were employees who were going to corporate officials and telling them that there were safety problems they were told to falsify records. This is according to Lever News. That uh, the employee said, quote, it was just a matter of time until a major defect escaped to a customer. Yeah. And it happened. And thankfully, everybody on that flight is okay. But that could have ended up being really, really bad. And here's a here's a company that is cutting corners so that they can save themselves money. Yeah. Um, And again, now that they found the door, it was a missing piece of the investigation, uh, according to the National Transportation Safety Board Chair, Jennifer Homendy. I think that's how you say it. But uh, there was another uh, member, representative of the NTSB. He was saying that, again, like I said, the bolts are supposed to hold the door down, and they're not sure if the bolts came loose or if they were even there in the first place. That NTSB spokesperson is um, Clint Crookshanks. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Clint Crookshanks. <laughs> yes. According to Clint Crookshanks, they have not yet recovered the four bolts that restrain the door from its vertical movement, and we have not yet determined if they existed there. That will be determined when we take the plug to our lab. Hello, Crookshanks. <laughs> Mr. Crookshanks. I love that name. That's, what's his job? He is uh, with the, it just says that he is with the uh, NTSB. Okay. He's the one. He's in the wrong business. I know. He's the one that said they're bringing, they're trying to find the bolts. And once they have, since they have the plug door, since they found that, they're going to bring it back to the lab to see if the bolts were ever in the door. They just need to examine it. But Clint Crookshanks. It does sound like a, like an, like an English villain, you know, of some kind, not a Bond villain. Cause that would be too on the nose. It's not frightening. Bond enough. is pretty on the nose though. Clint think- Crookshanks. Crookshanks. I love that guy. He does. He sounds like a Bond villain or, yeah, some type of British show where he's a skeevy character. I'm sure Clint is nice. I'm just saying his name. Mr. Crookshanks. Amy, do you have any idea where Lloyd Austin is, Secretary of Defense? I think he's missing. We'll find him when we come back on KMOX. 
Still got some tickets to give away to see Billy Joel and Sting. Your chance to win is coming up, and we will tell you when to do it. Need to be listening for your opportunity. They will be playing September 27th at Bush Stadium. It is going to be a really, really fun time. So um, I think we did. In fact, during the break, Amy, we found uh, Lloyd Austin. The defense he is, secretary. He is no longer in ICU, which for his health, that's a very good thing. So Yep. I, okay. I'm sure most people are up to date on this, but here's the thing. Uh, secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin had a elective surgery uh, had that surgery, had to go back to the hospital on January 1st, was then sent to the ICU. The problem is he is the Secretary of Defense and the Biden White House, the Biden administration, Joe Biden himself didn't know that the Secretary of Defense was in the ICU until January 4th. So there was a whole of three days. There was a, a, a chasm of communication and somehow the Secretary of Defense... Uh, was just gone, and nobody noticed. He didn't tell anybody. Nobody bothered to tell the president. In fact, the deputy secretary of defense didn't know that the secretary of defense was having surgery and was in the hospital until a day or two later. It's and, it's not a great look. And and she was on vacation. Here's, when she was she was uh, she had become the acting secretary. But doesn't was make on it vacation. better. It doesn't make it better. Well, she it didn't know she, anything. she didn't just, know she was the acting right, secretary. Right. So this is really all on Lloyd Austin. And again, it's an elective surgery. We don't know the nature of the surgery. If it's something, if it's something serious, which I guess technically it still could be serious, even if it's elective. Um, but he had a complication from it, which is how he ended up in the hospital. The question really is, and it's not about, oh, well, here's Joe Biden doesn't know what's going on. It, that's not Nobody what, knew what was going on. Nobody did. It, this is up to him. This is up to Austin to notify people like, hey, this is going on. But it sounds like he just didn't want anybody to know that yeah. he had the surgery. Well, then don't take that position. You're in a public position. And I agree position, with you on that. And also, we have major conflicts happening in the Middle East, in the Suez Canal, in Ukraine, there could be a terror attack. I, when George Bush, obviously, was the president at the time, he got a colonoscopy. They had, was it Cheney, who was the the president for the 37 minutes that Whatever he was under? Was, because yeah. you've got to have a plan in place. Sure. For the mo- you know, out of an abundance of caution. There is no caution here. There's carelessness. If you are the, de- the secretary of defense, you have surgery, don't tell anybody, including your Deputy Defense Secretary, who didn't wasn't told right away. So I think the real the, the question here is: What if something is, had happened? Well, well, where's Lloyd Austin? We don't know. Well, yeah, it, it, the question here is: How much privacy do you deserve if you agree to take a job like that when it comes to your health? But see, I don't think this is privacy because Lloyd Austin could have said to the the Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks, "Don't tell anybody, but you are." The acting secretary, and then none of us wouldn't would have been the wiser. It's just that he was in the hospital for multiple days. He didn't even tell Joe Biden. You you may have privacy to a point when it comes to public broadcast. You don't have privacy when you're the secretary of defense to not tell your deputy secretary or the president. Well, I, I'm taking it a step further here because do you think that a person who holds an office like that, which is as important as it is, mm-hmm. If they have a severe illness, that we should know that. We should know that. Well, uh, just like if they're battling cancer, should we know that this yes. person? So that that's the question I yeah. asked. Oh, well, yes. But I guess my point is that those are two separate questions. Should he tell the public 
Yes, let's argue that. Should he at least tell the deputy secretary? That is mandatory. Anyway, the White House has uh, sent a memo to all the cabinet secretaries, and they are expected to review their protocols for delegation of authority. That's supposed to be done by January 12th now. So it's being addressed. Amy Marks, Kors, Chris Ranji on KMOX. Chris and Amy on KMOX. Hey, how much do we love you? The listener. We love how them. Much do, how much do we love you? I know how much. The listener. I know how much. We love them enough mm-hmm. to give away a pair of Billy Joel Sting concert tickets for September 27th at Bush Stadium as revealed hmm. by Joe Buck. As revealed by Joe Buck. We are going to give away tickets to see Billy Joel and Sting. Ah, we'll do it tomorrow. Just kidding. We're going to do it right now. It's we are a pair looking, of tickets, right? We are looking for, it's a pair of tickets. Billy Joel Sting, um, two different I think we should give single tickets and have everybody sit next to each other. You have to make a friend. I agree with you. (laughs) September 27th at Bush Stadium. This Mm -hmm. is a very big deal. Um, Ticketmaster.com. When tickets go on sale, they will be available for you. Caller number 18. 18 to the contest line at 314-436-7900. You will win a pair of tickets to see the Piano Man. And the guy from the police, not Robert Tracy. Good luck to you. <laughs> hey, um, did you watch? Uh, oh, brother! Oh, did you see baby. This, uh, this interview with uh, our Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft on? I did CNN yesterday. I did. It was a steaming pile. I can tell you that. <laughs> Even Bill Igel kind of criticized him on Twitter. Yeah, it was it was not a good look. And I will say, um, oh my gosh, the interviewer. I'm blanking on uh, his name. Is it Boris something? Yes, it's Boris. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I forgot his last name, but Boris, he was very interrupty. I know when you're talking to someone, uh, interviewing someone, a politician, who may be saying things that aren't true, right? Because Boris was pushing Boris for facts. Boris Sanchez. Thank you. Boris Sanchez was pushing for facts. I appreciate that. But there is a time when you have to let that person get out more than five or six words. And there were times when Boris Sanchez, I felt, was prematurely cutting off Jay Ashcroft, who seemed to be digging a hole for himself just fine. But this was not a proud moment for the state of Missouri. Uh, there have been allegations that he's engaged in insurrection. How so? And all there have no. Please let me finish. There have only been. You allegations. can't say something like that and not back it up. What, what do you mean? I am continuing, but you interrupted me before I could back it up. Go ahead, Are you sir. scared of the truth? Oh, Let I'm not terrified of the truth at all. It seems like you there might be. Let's been, hear what you have to there say. There have only been allegations against what allegations? President Trump. President Trump has never been um, uh, adjudicated guilty sure. in a court of law. What did Joe Biden do in your mind that equates insurrection? What allegations are you talking about? Um, I, have, I have seen allegations from the lieutenant governor of Texas. That has said that the that uh, Joe Biden has has uh, has in, in, uh, uh, been part of insurrection or rebellion. We've seen the president. Uh, sorry, the governor of Florida say the same thing. Insurrection Those are over what? what? What what did the governor of Texas say that that Joe Biden was causing an insurrection over? If you're going to make the I, claim, give me give me some specifics. Are you just going to oh, cite me. No, wait, the wait governor minute, of Texas or Florida and not actually say what they are arguing? Do you know what they're arguing? 
so that was okay. Yeah, that was part of this. It was like a six-minute interview when uh, Boris Sanchez thanked Jay Ashcroft for joining. Said Happy New Year, thanks for joining us. And Jay Ashcroft just rolled his eyes, um, somewhat comical, also depressing. But the allegations which Jay Ashcroft was having trouble uh, articulating, yes, expressing. I think his point was not that there were allegations against Joe Biden or that he personally thinks Joe Biden was engaged in insurrection or that type of rebellious activity. He was saying if Trump can be taken off the ballot simply because of what he calls unfounded allegations with no evidence, then anybody can be taken off the ballot from any allegation. So in his mind, the important part was not what are the allegations. It's just he was saying they're flimsy allegations and he will petition for Joe Biden to be taken off the Missouri ballot because it just proves if Trump is taken off, then anybody can be taken off because of allegations. That was the point I think he was trying to make. I disagree with that um, because we, we've we looked at, well, I guess Boris Sanchez was bringing up the Missouri Constitution and so forth, but the back and forth was so incomplete. Well, this is this is that exchange you're talking about regarding the Missouri Constitution. Um, the brief that I will be filing with the United Supreme United States Supreme Court is not going to say that President Trump was a bad person. It's not going to say that he's a good sure. person. What it's going to say is that this extrajudicial means of removing people from the ballot is catastrophic to our country if it's allowed to continue. Because if Democrats can do it. You know that Republicans will do it. And if Republicans will do it, then Democrats will do it more. To that point, Secretary, in order to remove President Biden from the ballot, according to your state constitution, you would need to go to court. What do you think would be your strongest argument? No, not at all. Not at all. Your state constitution actually states that the Secretary of State lacks authority to assess qualifications of a candidate to determine whether to place a candidate's name on a primary ballot. That's according to section sir, sir, 115.387 of your state constitution. Sir, what I'm saying is, if the Supreme Court upholds the ruling out of Colorado, and what Which happened went to court to disqualify Donald Trump from the ballot. So you, according sir, to your state constitution, listening. would need to sir, go to court. Sir, sir, let's just be clear. First of sir. all, you've already said you're not an attorney and you don't know what happened in Colorado. I was happy. I know what happened in Colorado, sir. What I said was that I didn't read through all of the evidence specifically to be able to qualify whether there was hearsay or not. To get back to my question, you said that that you would decide to remove Joe Biden from the ballot in your state. According to your state constitution, which I just read to you from, it says you need to go to court. I'm asking you what you think your strongest argument is. And I continue to try to answer your questions, and you continue to try to tell me stuff that just isn't true. That's and not factual, sir. You made, you made an accusation here, about me not knowing something. I'm trying to clarify it for you. You can choose here, to answer the well, question or just continue deflecting. What is the I strongest argument you would make in court I, to remove I, Joe Biden from the ballot? Go. Um, and so after that, I don't believe he really provided an answer. No. But that's a, uh, so. Because I think what Jay Ashcroft was assuming is that if secretaries of state have the power to remove presidential candidates from the ballot— based on allegations, then Jay Ashcroft doesn't even need an argument. He can just remove Biden from the ballot 
based on allegations, whereas Boris Sanchez was saying, well, according to the Constitution, you'd have to take that issue to court. So what would your argument be? But Jay Ashcroft doesn't have an argument because he was just arguing that a secretary of state could do it unilaterally. Yeah, and this is this is it. Um, this is the section he was talking about, 135.87. Secretary of State lacks authority under section to assess qualifications of candidate to determine whether to place candidate's name on primary ballot. No discretionary authority exists to investigate and determine qualifications of candidates for offices in which they seek to serve. So that's from uh, that's a, uh, the most recent uh, from 2014. So that's my here's my my issue with this entire thing is the because I know if the situation were reversed, that the Republicans would absolutely be on board with all of this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If there was if this were Joe Biden going through the same legal challenges that former President Trump is going through, they would absolutely be on board with every single thing that is happening right now. And I realize that part of that is politics. But at some point we need to. uh uh, worry about the health of our country, that needs to be at the forefront. My issue with all of this is it the idea that, well, it's our guy is being investigated and our guy is going to trial and has all these charges. Therefore, we have to do it to your guy now as retaliation. Mm-hmm. We got to get away from that. If you have evidence, real, concrete hard evidence against Joe Biden, by all means, go to court. Take it to court. By all means, do that. Present the evidence. Uh, We all should want that. doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. You should want that. You should want real, legitimate criminals and crimes weeded out and punished. So it doesn't matter who it is. doesn't matter if it's the guy you voted for or the guy you despise. It should all be equal. But I don't think that a lot of these people see it that way. They're they are looking at the jersey. They're yeah. looking they're they're playing their teams. That's what they're doing. Well, it's interesting. Jay Ashcroft either doesn't understand the point he's making or is a terrible communicator. Because I've watched the interview with Boris Sanchez on CNN twice. I've read the transcript of the interview that KSDK's Mark Maxwell had with Jay Ashcroft, and it seems to be that he's getting different arguments mixed up. His, I'm trying to put myself in Jay Ashcroft's shoes, and what point is he trying to make? And I think what he's trying to say is, this is capricious, that a secretary of state can just unilaterally remove someone on the ballot. There's been no conviction. It's just based on allegations. So then he's saying, I'm going to capriciously remove Biden from the ballot Mm -hmm. based on baseless allegations just because I can to prove a point of how silly it is. However, is he bringing, is he taking into context that states have different constitutions and that the enumerated powers of the secretary of states and how elections are run and how ballots are determined are different state to state. He seems to be jumping over that point. And like I said, he's either making a point on which he himself is not clear 
or he is clear on that point but is a bad communicator because it is difficult to follow. Well, I, I will say this. The, I think the fact that the states have such different ways of doing things really in itself kind of disproves the idea of a massive conspiracy to steal an election because the states do it so different. If this were one federally run um, election that happens every four years, mm-hmm. then, yeah, maybe you can make the argument because the federal government runs, you know, the, each location. They don't. It's each state that does it. I think it makes the case of a stolen election from a conspiracy even harder to make. I mean, it's nonsense to begin with, but a lot of people believe it. Oh, by the way, I, when I said I, I believe I misspoke on the number, if you want to go and read the Missouri Constitution for yourself, the the section we were talking about is 115.387. So that's if you want to do some light reading. The Missouri, <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. I, who doesn't love to read the Missouri State Constitution? I mean, it is kind of interesting. It I've is. done it before. Uh, yeah, it's just frustrating because it it feels very performative on the part of Jay Ashcroft. Uh, he's not an efficient communicator. I think Boris Sanchez pushed back too frequently, interrupted too frequently, because if you know someone's going to have a partisan, agenda-driven fire hose— of a, of a response. I get it. You can't let them just completely go off, but you do have to let them at least turn the fire hose on. And I felt like it was almost difficult to understand Jay Ashcroft's answer because Boris Sanchez was interrupting so maybe, frequently. But maybe he should have had an answer ready to go. And he didn't. He, it, it sounded like he was clearly fumbling for something to say because he, was, he didn't know what he was it, talking about. Right. And I mean, and that's even how it looked watching it. Yeah. He looked like he was searching to pull words out of thin air. A message uh, to 314-436-7900. I hope he fired his PR team as it's clear he is not ready for the national stage. It also opens a window for more pragmatic Republicans to call out extreme MAGA. I think that's a great point. He did not look good on the national stage. He was not ready for that. And also, it only took one state. The minute one state invoked the 14th Amendment to say we are not going to allow President, former President Trump on the ballot, that's when the issue went to the Supreme Court. You mm-hmm. know it's going to. That's why it's got to be done. And yep. so this is so performative. It will be determined by the Supreme Court. Jay Ashcraft is accomplishing nothing except for making Missouri look kind of stupid. It's Chris and Amy on KMOX. Hey, congratulations to Matthew and Webster Groves. Who hey, has won Matt. a pair of tickets to see Billy Joel and Sting. And I was notified by a texter, 314-436-7900, yeah. that when I give away tickets, it sounds like I'm saying Billy Joel Osteen. No. <laughs> it's not Billy, Billy Joel, Joel and Sting. Billy Joel and Sting. That's the concert. Billy Joel Olstein sounds like Joel Olstein and Billy Joe Armstrong. What's his name? Bill. Oh yeah, Billy Joe Armstrong from, from Green uh, Day. Green Day. Yeah. And Billy Joel all combined into one. Sing us a song. You're the piano man. Give me some money for my giant church in Houston. <laughs> Is but he you in can't Houston? come here if there's a flood. <laughs> the city's flooded. People need somewhere to go. Not here. Well, it's okay. a fancy church, isn't it? No, it's a 
Well, yeah, probably. But it's a huge church. Well, but it's There's fancy. plenty of space for all the people. Joel cannot get his suede shoes wet. Tell you what, man. Every time I think about him, I think about getting lost in those eyes. Every time I think about Joel I think Osteen, about, man, this, I, guy, this guy could convince me to do anything right now well, except go to his sermon. That's why he's popular. Um... <laughs> Every time I think of Joel Olstein, I think of how he co-ops Bible verses and changes one word and then attributes the quote to himself. Does he? Yeah. That's awesome. They have the Joel Olstein like ball and it says little Joel Olstein quotes and they're just like you what you think Claudine Gay plagiarized? Joel Olstein's plagiarizing all over the place. Go back and listen to the entire show on the Odyssey app, A U D A C Y. It's free. Podcasts are available including the interview with Tori Holt. He was wonderful. He's up for the Hall of Fame. We'll find out next month if he is in. He also gave an endorsement to Justin Fields, so I love him even more. Hey, the Dave Glover Show is up next. Amy and I hang out for an hour on KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 